are Patrick and Ruth Schwenk, and we are so thrilled you are listening in with us at Root Like Faith. It is our deepest desire to encourage and equip men and women to be rooted in God's Word, transformed by the love of Jesus, and moved by His mission in the power of the Holy Spirit. Nothing is more important. Well, today we are continuing our conversation on suffering, and more specifically, how we can get through the hard stuff. This is going to be good. So we're excited to share today's episode with you. Let's get started. On today's episode of Root Like Faith, we are talking about how we can get through the hard stuff of life. Like we've said, we all face trials, hardships, suffering, but there's so many times that we're just so overwhelmed by our circumstances that we cannot see the path forward. So today we are sharing Three simple steps to help you get through this, whatever this is for you. As we've mentioned over the last few weeks, our brand new book, In a Boat in the Middle of a Lake, Trusting the God Who Meets Us in Our Storm, releases September 8th. And one of the things we talk about in the book is that suffering always comes with choices. So I feel like that's a really good place to start um, and just kind of talk about what that means. When we're going through a trial or we're, some sort of suffering, we, we have choices that we can make in that. And what I mean by that is that some of those choices might be something like, you know, we, we have the choice to run towards God or run away from God. Um, we have a choice to do what we can to try to numb the pain. Uh, we can try to entertain the pain away um, by keeping our minds occupied with other things. Um, or we can, you know, run to find solace and comfort somewhere other than God. So there's really all different ways that we really can try to comfort ourselves rather than finding our comfort in God. When I think that that's what makes um, suffering just sort of extra dangerous, you know, I mean, suffering in and of itself is, is painful and, and challenging. And, and yet in the midst of our suffering, like you're saying, it does come with all sorts of challenges um, or, or choices. Right. And, and that can be um, really, really dangerous for us, depending mm-hmm. on how we choose to respond. You know, I know other writers have said this, so this is not unique to us, but, you know, we don't choose suffering. Uh, in many ways, suffering chooses us. Yeah. And and so the, the choice for us then is, is not what kind of suffering I get to walk through or don't get to walk through. The choice for us is what I'm. What am I going to do with the suffering that I found myself in? Right. And I think that's the 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 challenge for us as followers of Jesus, as we find ourselves. You know, the psalmist says in Psalm sixty nine, "I have come into the deep waters. You know, the flood waters mm-hmm. uh, engulf me. And so now that I've come into deep waters, now that the flood waters have surrounded me, what am I going to do? What right. choice am I going to make in the midst of my suffering? Am I going to turn towards God? or away from God? Or am I going to begin to turn to a variety of other things to try to minimize, mm-hmm. numb, distract, uh, or in some way uh, try to escape or help me escape the, the storm that I found myself in? Right. And, and we're not saying that we don't all uh, really fight with that, you know, with that tendency to to run away from it all, because that is our natural response to something like that. Um, but when we try to run away from the pain, we can really miss out on what God wants to do in and through us. So that's why we want to help you get through it. And as we talk about these three steps to help you get through the hard stuff, 
honey, I really want to speak specifically to you uh, so you can speak out of your experience over the last couple of years through just as a human who has really suffered um, on what you feel like has helped you. And then also as a pastor and and, and what you would suggest to others. So I'm going to really be speaking to, to you on this and, and really encouraging you to share with our listeners um, some of the things, some of the advice that you would give. So for someone who's going through a trial, uh, maybe they're in the middle of a trial right now. Uh, what, what would, what's the first step that you would say is, is like the most important thing. So they're in the middle of the storm. They don't know what to do. What would you tell them, um, as that first step, what would you say is so important? Yeah, I think we should probably just step back. And like we said in, in a previous episode, like we're not experts on suffering. No, and no. <laughs> in fact, I stink at suffering. <laughs> so I don't like I, it. I just am not getting, and I think those of, you know, those that, that know us, um, you know, and walked through that kind of up close and personal, um, you know, over the last couple of years would, would tell you, yeah, there were times where we doubted and wrestled and cried and, right. and we needed other people around us to, to quote scripture to us and to worship for us or worship mm-hmm. over us and, and believe for us. And so like, I'm, I, I'm a wimp when it comes to suffering. I think that was one of the first things I learned was like, oh, there's just a lot of things I have said, right. I believed and have preached but when the storm hit, I, I didn't really mm. cling to them. I didn't really believe them like I said I did. And so I think suffering has a way of, of exposing what we really believe and what we don't believe. And I know we talk about that in the book. We'll, mm-hmm. we'll talk about that uh, as time goes on and in other episodes. But I just want to state that up front. We're not right. experts and I, I can be really bad at suffering. But I think one of the first things that, that I would tell somebody that was walking through suffering and again, this isn't profound, um, but whatever your suffering is, is to run to Jesus. Mm. Um, nobody will love you like Jesus can and, yes. and like Jesus will in the midst of your suffering. Um, your spouse, your closest friends um, cannot satisfy you. They cannot strengthen you. Mm. They cannot sustain you like Jesus can in the midst of your storm. And so I know that sounds super simple um, and that seems kind of obvious, but I would say that that is the the most important choice we can make in the midst of our suffering is will we run to Jesus? Will we cling to him? Mm. And I think clinging to him in the midst of our suffering looks like going to him often in prayer. It looks like talking to him when you're sitting in the doctor's room. It looks like opening up the scriptures on a daily basis and saturating yourself in God's word, allowing the truth of God's word, the promises of God's word to fill you and to define what is true and not how you feel. Um, I would, without a, without a question, say, run to Jesus, go to him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think of, you know, there's so many different examples in the scriptures that I would probably point somebody to, but one of the ones we were just talking about recently is John chapter six. And even though it's not specifically about suffering, you know, John chapter six, you know, take some time at some point and, and go read that whole passage or that whole chapter. But later on in John chapter six, you know, verses 66 and 67, um, you know, it's, it's the, the part where Jesus ha- is, is talking about how he's the bread of life. Mm. And in response to that, some of the disciples are like, this is a really hard teaching. Like he's saying, Hey, you, you have to, you know, feed on my, my, um, body and drink my blood. And, and like some of the disciples are like, what are you talking about? Like, right. we, don't, we don't get what you're saying. This is a difficult teaching. It says in verse 66 and, and then really Jesus turns to them 
and says in verse 67, um, do you want to leave me too? And in other words, that what happens is that as Jesus is teaching some things that they're having a hard time getting their mind around, some of the disciples are turning away from him. Mm. And so Jesus looks at them and says, well, do you want to go as well? Mm. Uh, do you too want to want to turn away from me? And then Peter in verse 68 uh, answers Jesus and says, "Who else would we? Who else would we go to? Who else would we turn mm, I to?" I love that. You know, like in the midst of of us in all that's going on, like who else could we possibly turn to? And mm-hmm. Peter says, "You have the words of eternal life," and I, I love that passage and I love that attitude because, again, in the midst of our suffering, like what else could we possibly turn to? There's no show on Netflix that mm-hmm. has the answer like Jesus right. does. Right. There's no drug on the planet that possibly has. The, the solution or the satisfaction that Jesus can bring. Mm-hmm. Um, there's no friend that will stick closer or will, mm-hmm. will support you like Jesus can. Who else can we turn to but Jesus? And so I just love that one example of, of Jesus saying, come to me, and Peter saying, there's nobody else that we can turn to. You alone have the words of eternal life. And so I want to come to you. I want to keep abiding you. I want to root my life in you. And so that's where I would begin, encouraging yeah. somebody to come to Jesus and to stay close to him. Yeah, I love that. And and you, you mentioned that it seems so obvious to run to Jesus. But the truth is, is it takes intentional work running to him. And I love that you, you were stating some of those practical ways that, what does that look like then? Because of course... Yeah, that sounds great. Let's run to Jesus. But the reason it isn't obvious is because most of us aren't practically just doing that. And so I I think one of the things that I know that you do is writing those, you know, those scriptures down, like you mentioned, and you, you keep coming back to them in your little notebook and reading them over and over again. And that's just a simple way um, to practically live that out of, of actually running to him. Yeah. It's Um, funny you mentioned that because I, you know, that, that journal that I bought, and I think we've talked about it uh, before, but that journal I bought the first week of my doctoral studies, um, you know, out at Biola, you know, that is the same journal that I was writing memory verses in throughout the two years of, of cancer treatment. So Mm -hmm. it's, it's kind of fun for me. Fun's maybe not the right word, (laughs) but it is kind of fun for me now to go back and because that's something I do every week, I'm writing a new verse in there, maybe a couple new verses. Mm -hmm. And, um, I found that memorizing scripture has actually gotten harder this side of chemotherapy. My, my memory is not as sharp as it used to. So I have to go back more often and read it, but I go back and it's so interesting to me to go back and I can see, um, by the memory verses that I have in my journal, what, what season we were in or, or sort Mm. of what part of the journey we were, we were on as we were going through, you know, that, that, um, especially that first year Mm. of treatment. And so that's, yeah, one really practical thing. Yeah. I love um, that. I love that. That I did, or that I think many people do, um, as they come to Jesus Mm -hmm. in the midst of their suffering. Yeah. And like I said, it's, it's being intentional about running to him and, it's something you have to keep doing every single day, uh, especially in the middle of the storm. Um, so let's talk about then uh, the people that we surround ourselves with, because obviously, first and foremost, the first thing we do is run to Jesus. And you even said, you know, no friend will give us what Jesus does. You know, there, there's nobody that we can run to other than him to satisfy our needs. Um, but there is such support that can come yeah. from um, surrounding ourselves with the right people when we're going through something that's really hard. Um, so why I stay, you know, talk about your experience with that, because we had a 
you know, a really good experience with the people in our lives as we went through the last couple of years. So I'd love for you to kind of talk a little bit more about that. Yeah, we, I know we've talked about before that, that friends are a great gift, but they're a terrible God. And so, um, you know, Jesus, our relationship with him is number one. Nobody will satisfy like he can. And yet um, friends are a great gift. And, and obviously the, the idea of of God giving us community. I mean, that that's his idea. And, and God wants us to live in community and desires for us to have close, meaningful relationships. And when it comes to suffering, that's just one of the reasons why friends are so important because mm. they really do um, support us and sustain us in, in profound ways. And we experienced that. I mean, we were just a couple years into a church plant here in Ann Arbor, Michigan when I was diagnosed. And so, you know, we had moved up here from Ohio and uh, there were, you know, several other families that had sold, you know, their homes and had quit jobs and found new jobs up here and moved their families up here. And so we had a really rich um, set of relationships and mm-hmm. community when we moved up here. And little did we know, like, how important that was going to be as we walked through uh, my cancer diagnosis. And so surrounding yourself with, with people um, is so important. And the, the gift of those friendships were just incredible. Yeah. And so they, they did stuff for us that we couldn't do for ourselves. And so we're just so grateful for the way uh, mm-hmm. many of our friends within our church supported us. And then I can think of, of different friends. You know, I know we've talked about Michael. We, we talk about him in the book, mm. um, who was my youth pastor when I was uh, a, a young lad when I had hair uh, so many years ago. And so Michael was my youth pastor and, you know, uh, he and his wife, Barb, have just been uh, dear friends and mentors to us. And Michael is a stage four um, cancer survivor, throat cancer survivor. And I think initially when he was diagnosed, they, I think they gave him like a 25% chance to live. <laughs> that mm. was 17 years ago. And so praise God yeah. uh, just for, uh, for the Lord's you know, kindness to him. But Michael was one of those friends that stayed really close Mm -hmm. to me. Um, And there was oftentimes, especially early on, not a day that went by, certainly not a week that went by where um, he didn't call me. And and so that that kind of um, friendship was just so important for me, uh, especially I, I remember one day. You know, I think like in all suffering, you have your good moments. Sometimes you, how you feel changes by the minute, mm-hmm. uh, sometimes by the hour, sometimes by the day. But I was having a really bad day. And this was after, I think, my first stem cell transplant. And I remember you looking at me and saying, <laughs> you need to call Michael. <laughs> yes. Thank the Lord for Michael. And so you, uh, you commanded me is, is how it felt right. to, to call Michael. Yeah. And like a good husband, I, I listened. <laughs> and so I called Michael and I remember just talking to him on the phone and and he said to me, hey, pick a day. You tell me um, when uh, you're free and I'm going to come mm-hmm. up. And he, and he lives several hours away. And he drove up, you know, from from Ohio. And we spent the afternoon together. And we talked and, and we drove around Ann Arbor. And we ate at a Panera Bread, you know, here in Ann Arbor. But friends are so important. And so I would say the first thing is you, you run to Jesus and you root yourself in him and you stay with him. But the second thing that, that we ought to do is we're walking through any kind of suffering is we surround ourselves with the right kind of people. Mm-hmm. And I say the right kind of people because there's all sorts of wrong people that we, mm-hmm. that we ought to be careful of. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I know that sounds bad, but I think, you know, oftentimes um, people can mean well and they can have good intentions but they're, they're the right kind of friend is somebody who's just going to come into your life and, and they're going to love you and they're going to they're serve you and bless you. 
and they're going to encourage you. And, and those are the kinds of people you want to surround yourself with as you're walking through suffering. Yeah. And talking about, you know, surrounding ourselves with the right people. I just think, oh my word, it really takes an army of people. You need, you just need that support and you need it from your friends. I mean, we have incredible family. Yeah. I mean, I just remember, I mean, my sisters, you know, who are 10 and 11 years older than I am, you know, Sarah, and Sandy and how good they were to us, you know, in terms of calling mm-hmm. and texting, yeah. they came to visit when I was in the hospital. Um, you know, they came up uh, shortly after I was diagnosed and, you know, had lunch together. Mm-hmm. And so, and your, your parents uh, were incredible. I mean, we were, you know, living several hours away from them uh, before we moved up here to plant the church and just in God's goodness and, mm. and, and his wisdom, yes. we would be here and they would be so close. They live 15 minutes away and your mom making me you know, my favorite soup when I was in, in the hospital, just things like that, that were such a gift to us. And so I think yeah. running to Jesus, staying close to him, abiding in him, rooting ourselves in him, but also surrounding ourselves with the right people, those friends and family, um, you know, love doesn't let somebody be alone for too long. Mm. And that's what surrounding yourself with the right people will do. You'll, you'll have friends or family that, that will keep, um, you know, coming to you and loving you and supporting you, not just in the crisis, but when the crisis is seemingly over, they, mm, they stay with yeah. you in the midst of your suffering. Mm, I love that. So I know, you know, there's probably many times that it just felt like, well, I know I felt like, oh my word, I cannot do this. You know, when things are just... <laughs> Wave the white flag. Right. Yeah. Lord, I can't do this. I don't have... I mean, I probably said that multiple times and and I know that there were probably times and, and maybe still today that you feel like... Um, giving up or just quitting. And, and I, I don't think that's abnormal. I think we all, it's like, you can only take so much and it's like, oh my word, Lord, I I don't know if I can do this. Um, So what advice would you give to someone who feels like just giving up, throwing in the towel? They, they just, they really just want to quit. They can't follow God in the middle of their suffering. I'm I'm laughing because I think I literally said that this morning. I'm, you know, I think I said, I I can't do this, Lord, because I my right now as as I'm talking, my right rib feels like I I went, you know, nine rounds with Mike Tyson, like he was punching me in the rib because I was doing some landscaping last week. And, and so like I'm intense just in, landscaping, in pain, you know, still, I know we've talked about our plants. It's not just indoor plants, it's outdoor plants too. And you <laughs> went on a planting mission. I got started and I couldn't stop. It was like 90 degrees and out. And the neighbors were out, you know, I, I felt like I, you the, know, I, they deserve to see a strong showing. And the neighbor uh, actually asked him if he was having a water gun fight. I have to share that. And he was serious because he was dripping and Pat's like, uh, no, I'm just planting some plants. <laughs> That's <laughs> what happens when you're over 40. Anyways. Um, anyways. He heard so himself. all that to say, that there's lots of different times and different ways where we just feel like, oh, like, Lord, I don't know if I can take anymore. Mm-hmm. And, and I know, you know, we certainly felt that way. And I'm joking a little bit this morning, kind of feeling that way where you just get tired. You, know, yeah. you get tired of being tired. And, um, and, and so I think one of the great temptations in suffering is just to throw in the towel, mm-hmm. uh, to quit, to give up on God, to give up on persevering, to give up on just pressing on. And, and yet I just am reminded or have been reminded over the last couple of years, like how important that theme of perseverance is in the New Testament. I mean, you read the New Testament, whether it's in the Gospels or, you know, we have some verses here listed in the book of James like perseverance and endurance are just key themes in the New Testament. Mm. And I want to just read James chapter one. I know this is probably a really familiar 
verse for, for a lot of our friends listening, but James writes to a group of Christians that were suffering. They were enduring trials, and their trials were going to get even more severe as time went mm-hmm. on. And so he writes to them, and he says, Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds. In other words, there's not just one kind of trial. There's all sorts of mm-hmm. different mm-hmm. kinds of trials. And so he says, Consider it pure joy whenever you face those trials or, or um, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces something. It produces perseverance. And let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking mm. anything. And I love that. I, I, again, I know it's, it's such a familiar verse probably to many of us, but I think the reminder is that, that God wants to finish something that he started in us. Yeah. And trials and suffering... Um, are part of what God uses, and and He brings to completion uh, our maturity, and He grows us and draws us closer to Him, so that we're not lacking anything. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, but historically, I've been a quitter, and so I can think <laughs> back to different times in my life where I quit things. I quit, you know, football when I was in fifth grade because you know one of the fullbacks came running up the middle. <laughs> And I stuck out my arm trying to stop him instead of tackling him. Bad idea, him. And bad idea. it was idea. about a week later I quit. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I historically have quit when, when things got difficult. Mm. And God has grown me in that um, a lot over, the, over uh, the years and especially over the last two years. And so I, when you think about patience, I mean, I think the word patience literally means to remain under. Mm. Um, it's resisting the year. It's, it's staying put for the purposes of God. It's resisting turning away from God or, or quitting something. Uh, when it would be easier to run. And so you see that principle in James chapter 1. And then later on in James, James chapter 5, verses 7 through 11, James writes, Be patient then, brothers and sisters, until the Lord's coming. Not until yeah. your trial ends, not until there's b- money mm. in your bank account, not until the cancer's in remission, but be patient, endure, keep going mm. until Jesus returns. <laughs> that, right. That's when you can. That's when you can give right. up. Um, see how the farmer waits for the land to yield its valuable crop, patiently waiting for the autumn and spring rains. You too, be patient and stand firm because the Lord's coming is near. Don't grumble against one another, brothers and sisters, or you will be judged. The judge is standing at the door. So I just love that that picture again of, of a people being committed to walking with God, mm-hmm. loving him, serving him, trusting him, enduring, staying put. Uh, remembering that God is still God, whether you're on the shore or in the midst of, mm-hmm. uh, of the storm. And no matter um, the outcome. No matter the outcome. Mm-hmm. Um, our hope is not how the trial ends. Our hope is in who the trial leads us to. Mm-hmm. And, and we know that, that um, our trials have led us to the heart of Jesus. They've, they've led us closer to him. And we have this great promise that one day he is going to return mm-hmm. and he's going to restore and renew all things. Mm-hmm. And so the resurrection of Jesus has changed all of history. Yes. And we get a picture of the end of history in the life and death and resurrection of Jesus. Mm-hmm. And that that enables us and empowers us as we look to Jesus. He's the one who did not quit on us, that he endured the cross and he was raised in victory. He was raised in mm-hmm. power. He, he suffered before he experienced glory and, and we will too. Mm, I love that. That's so so good. And so we have to be careful that, you know, when you're talking about persevering, I think about, you know, endurance and enduring these hardships. And I think when we want to quit, we miss out. And I think that's what you're saying. We miss out on what God has for us. Absolutely. I mean, I know we're using the example in James where, you know, he's talking about the Lord's return, but there's so many ways too, that we experience like just the goodness of 
of God here and now where, you know, had we quit, hmm. we would have missed the fruit that God was, was growing in us, mm-hmm. that, that we miss a future harvest because we're, we're unwilling to endure a, a current, um, you know, trial. Yeah. And so I think that there are so many times where we, we give up, we, we stop reading our Bible, we stop praying, we stop going to church, um, we, we quit serving, and we miss out on all that God wants to do, that the harvest that he wants to bring, because we really quit too soon. And we could mm-hmm. probably think of all sorts of examples of, you know, whether it was, you know, young and you're growing up and you're learning an instrument and, you know, it gets hard and you quit, <laughs> you throw it away. Right. And, Forget it. And yet you never, yeah. if you quit, you never get to experience the joy of sitting down at the piano and just being able to play right. because you right. spent years and years of practicing mm-hmm. and training yourself. And I think there's, you know, a, a similar sort of analogy in the spiritual life that, that we, as we walk through trials and suffering, it is painful. Things don't mm. always turn out like we want them to. They don't always turn out like we're praying for them to. And yet God mm. always produces a harvest of righteousness. He always brings good out of it. And sometimes we miss what God wants to give us or do in us because we, we quit too soon. Mm, yeah, that is so good. So those three steps, those three things to remember, if you are in the middle of a hard season or you've faced the hard stuff, we all will. Um, first of all, run to Jesus. Uh, second of all, surround yourself with the right people. And third, persevere, no matter what, follow him. This, this has been such a good conversation. And we know what it's like to wonder how you can even take the next step. I know I keep saying that, but I have wondered that over the last couple of couple of years through suffering, how, how you can even take the next step when you are in the middle of the storm. So we want to equip you even further. And we've actually put together a simple resource with these three steps that we've been talking about um, in mind. It's called Three Simple Steps to Help You Get Through This. And you can download it or print it off to keep coming back to. And we will be sure to put a link to that resource for you so you can keep referencing it. We'll put that in the show notes. Also, In a Boat in the Middle of a Lake isn't here until September 8th. It's coming soon, but you can pre-order the book today and get the first three chapters right away. You can get a scripture memorization guide that we've put together with you in mind and an exclusive access code to a private Facebook group that we would love for you to join. It's Pat and I are in there in that private Facebook group and we are giving you a peek into our lives and sharing more resources with you over the next couple of months as you walk through your own storm. You can head to Amazon, Barnes and Noble, or really anywhere books are sold to pre-order your copy and we'll be sure to leave the link to the pre-order goodies in the show notes. Well, what a great conversation today talking about getting through the hard stuff. And as you know, if you've been joining us every week, each week we walk away with a key idea. It's that main takeaway, summing up what we've talked about. So today's key idea is we need to be careful not to miss a future harvest because we are unwilling to endure a current hardship. We'll also be sure to put that key idea in the show notes as well as anything else we referenced at rootlikefaith.com forward slash podcast. You can also follow us on Instagram at Patrick W. Schwank and at Ruth Schwank or on Facebook. And as if I haven't said it enough already, we are thrilled you are joining us and we welcome you into our family here at Root Like Faith. 
If you enjoyed the show today, would you be so kind to leave us a review or a rating? That really helps us. And be sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts so you don't miss an episode.